Amen. Well, let's take our Bibles tonight. Please turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. We have, I've had several people ask me what's going on on the platform, and I'm glad you asked because it, it let me know who wasn't watching live stream while we were gone. Because <laughs> I mentioned it several times. You're watching Joel Osteen or Benny Hinn or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding you. Uh, we've had some soft spots on the platform for quite a while, and it was starting to get squishy in places. And, and as if you've been here for many years, you know that the platform was smaller than it expanded and different things and and kind of when you patch things together things settle sometimes and and so we uh, we put, pulled up the carpet and we found when they uh, the last time they did the carpet in this room they tried to make some repairs by putting self-leveling concrete all along on the, the plywood to the concrete sections and uh, try to shim them back up again because they were fading and, and, and sagging and when they did that, the water soaked into the plywood and it began to rot the plywood. And then we got dry rot after that. So one of these days, I was just going to disappear. And uh, so they said, Pastor, you either got to lose weight or we fix the platform. So we fixed the platform. <laughs> and so anyway, it's almost done. And we praise the Lord for that. And we we're thankful that we had some time. I wish we never had to close church, but we're glad that we had some time to get it mostly accomplished. And in the next couple of weeks, you'll see it finished. And I can't give you a date or a promise, but it's getting closer to the end. So praise the Lord. And thank you so much for everybody who came yesterday to clean. Uh, it was you know sawdust and everything all through this room. And folks came and pitched in for a couple hours and really did a good job cleaning everything up. I appreciate that so much. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1 tonight. And uh, man, I'm, I'm glad to be back in church. Glad to be saved. Glad to be with God's people. And singing, to, I just want to keep singing, to be honest with you. If I could just sing all night, we would. And uh, some of you might have to leave, but that's okay. We could still sing. And uh, it's just been a blessing to hear it. And uh, it's something I've missed terribly. Um, you don't understand that the last few weeks you've seen us in the Olive Room, if, you, if you've watched the broadcast. And uh, you've seen this in the Olive Room, and the only thing I look at in the Olive Room is me. There's a screen about six feet from me, and I have to look at me. And I thought, those poor people that got to do that every single week have to look at me. But uh, I'm glad to be back here. Revelation chapter 1, I'm going to read one verse, and then we'll pray, and then we're going to look at the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm going to preface this tonight, Revelation chapter 1, verse 7 is not a return that you should be concerned with. All right? We'll look at the return we should be concerned with, the meeting in the air. If you're not saved tonight, if you don't know Christ, you'll be concerned with this return. When Christ returns to the earth and in power and in glory and in judgment, we were singing earlier the, uh, the Behold Our God, and I like that line, the nations tremble at His voice. And I'm reminded of Israel when they stood at the Mount of God and the, uh, they were told over and over again, you might remember, they were told over and over again, don't, Moses, you go down and tell them, don't, don't touch this mountain. Moses went down and he told them and he went back up. He said, God, go tell them again. And he went down and he told them again. He said, this time, put some boundaries in place. Make sure they don't break through and gaze upon my glory. So Moses went down and instructed people, and they put some boundaries around the paths and things. He says, you go back down again, and you warn them this time that if they even touch the mountain, I'm going to shoot them through with an arrow. 
And Moses did it again, and then he went up again. He says, Moses, go and tell them one more time. Moses, God, they know. Understand, Moses is in his 80s, running up and down this mountain for God. And he says, go down and tell them again. And he says, they know. And the point I, I, I make when I, when I preach that sermon was that God, God knows the heart of man. And he can say, don't do it, and we still lean towards the mountain. He can say, I've, I've put up some punishments in place, and we still lean. Our wicked hearts wants to break through. And, and God can put some boundaries in place, and we still want to break through. But when the presence of God came down on the mountain, and he began to speak, the Bible says all the people fell backwards. Their hearts weren't leaning anymore because they got into the presence of God. And I'm reminded when I hear that song every time that, that his voice caused the nation of Israel to tremble. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, his voice is like the voice of many waters. The ocean's all crashing together at once. We're going to tremble in his presence. It's a wonderful thing. Look, if you will, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. I'm going to read it, then we're going to go to another passage of Scripture, and we'll end here at Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. But it's a great verse to, to start off with. He says this, Behold, he cometh. Behold, he cometh. Can I, can I just, I'm going to stop there for a second. I want to share something with you. Look at the top of your page. How many of your Bibles say the revelation of St. John divine? Yeah, a lot of you do. This is my mother-in-law's Bible, and I like what she did. She scratched off St. John divine, and she says it wasn't written by St. John divine. It says in verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is God telling us this. This is Jesus Christ. Now, most books of the Bible have a human author that is inspired by the Holy Spirit. We understand that, that God breathed upon the heart of men, that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. We understand that concept. But revelation is special in that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ himself, not just the Holy Spirit, but Jesus Christ appeared to John the, uh, to John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos and gave him him the words to write and in chapter 2 we'll see he catches him up in a vision into heaven and he says write those things which you're about to see what an amazing amazing book and he starts his book by saying behold he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so, amen. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. Lord, we do pray that you'd help us through this scripture tonight. Lord, may we focus on the things you'd have us to focus on. We have sang tonight about that moment we will step into your presence. That moment when Christ will call us home. And Father, we do pray, Lord, that you would make us ready for that time. Lord, that old expression is a bit cliche, but yet it's so true we need to have our bags packed and ready to go. So Father, prepare us. Maybe there's one here tonight that's not ready. They think they have plenty of time. They're just young, maybe a teenager, maybe in their 20s, maybe a child. Maybe somebody even in their 40s who knows that they've got 30, 40 years ahead of them. And yet the trumpet could sound tonight.
Christ could come in power and glory and catch us away and leave them here wondering what happened. Oh God, would you minister to that heart? Would you speak to that one? For many of us tonight, this will be a reminder. Paul said to teach the same things unto you is not grievous for me, but it was so important, so expedient. And for some of us, it'll just to recharge our batteries to remind us that Jesus is coming again. But for others, perhaps tonight would be the night it would prick their heart. And they might realize that they are not ready for his appearing. Oh God, minister to that one. Speak to that one. Lord, save that soul tonight. And so Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to do a work. Move among us. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Turning your Bibles, please, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I told you as I read Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 that this is not the coming we need to concern ourselves with, at least not for those that are believers in Christ Jesus. That is the return bodily of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is to, for his coming to this earth. But before that ever takes place, there's an event that will happen called the rapture. Now, you will not find the word rapture in your Bible. Uh, we were just having this discussion the other day with my daughter, and Beth says, what? We're, 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 what are we doing preaching about a rapture? Not, I said, but it's called the catching away, the harpazio, the snatching away of God's people. And rapture is a great word to describe it because it'll be a, a moment of rapture. It'll be a moment of great joy, that moment we meet Jesus in the air and see him face to face, and forever we shall be with the Lord. The Apostle Paul describes this to the people in 1 Thessalonians. He writes a letter to the church of Thessalonica, and I say that on purpose so that you know that he's writing to a saved people. You understand what a church is, right? A church is an assembly of believers. Those who are united around the gospel of Jesus Christ, who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. A church, listen, listen we, can have, we can have 300, 3,000, 30,000 people in this room, and only 30 of them could be part of a church. Only the saved are part of the church. I don't mean that to be crude or rude, or I don't mean to, to exclude you anyway, but I want you to know tonight the gospel is exclusive. The gospel excludes those who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and that is very definite. And I'm trying, I'm not saying it to be angry or mean or anything like that. I say this to, to tell you tonight that if you'll come to Jesus, you can be saved. That anybody can come and, and find his mercy and find his grace. And the Bible says, God so loved the world. Every man, woman, or child that has ever lived, God loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son that if you'll just believe in him, you can have eternal life. Well, friends, if you don't know Christ, there is no other way. If there were some other way, God certainly would have chosen it. He would have never let his son die. Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica, and he says in chapter 4 and verse 13, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. The church of Thessalonica was concerned. He said, why are they concerned? Because they believed that Jesus was coming soon. 
They believed that Jesus could come at any moment. They were excited about the return of Christ. You say, well, how do you know that? Because now they're wondering what happens to those that just died. Our friends, our loved ones, ones that have missed out on his appearing, those that have missed out on the trumpet sound, what is, what is going to happen to them? And it was so real in their lives and concerning to their souls that they asked the apostle, and the apostle wrote them a letter, and he answers, I don't want you to be sorrowful. I don't want you to worry about those that are asleep. Notice what he says in verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Listen, when I come and when, when Christ comes and the trumpet blows and we meet him in the air, I want you to know this, those graves will burst open Why? and Jesus will bring them with him to God. Verse 15, for this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord. Paul wanted them to understand something. He said, what do you want them to understand? You want them to understand this. This isn't just my opinion. This isn't just something that I'm saying or giving advice. And we do read that in other parts of the Bible, don't we? We read in 1 Corinthians that Paul says, now I am saying this. This is my advice to you. That does not mean it's not inspired. It is still the inspired word of God and it is profitable for us. But he is wanting us to know something very special here. He said, I am saying this by the word of the Lord. This comes from God. This comes from my three years of training out in the desert. This is something that God put in my heart himself, and you need to understand it. I am saying this by the word of the Lord, uh, verse 15, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. As we read 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 4, verses 13 to 18, we learn this, that it's a joyous experience. There's nothing here to say that this is a scary moment for a Christian, that this is something that we need to be worried about. As a matter of fact, he says, comfort one another with these words. Now, Paul says, I want you to know about the coming of the Lord. He doesn't say the return of the Lord. Understand that. We read in Titus chapter 2 that Paul also wrote to Titus about the blessed hope and the glorious appearing, not return, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is our blessed hope. When Jesus shall appear in the clouds, when his father says, son, it's time to go and get your bride, and the trumpet begins to blow, and the voice of the archangel begins to shout, and we shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. I've always hoped I was walking through a cemetery when that happened. Man, wouldn't that be fun? I want to walk through the cemetery with a bunch of unsaved people. So you better get saved real quick. But what a day that's going to be. Caught up to be with the Lord. A time of rapture. Because that so aptly describes what takes place. Where we meet the Lord in the air. Think about some of the things he says. The Bible says, forever. Forever. Forever, we will be with the Lord. We sang about that a lot tonight, didn't we? 
What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. Man, can you imagine? You know, I, we, we sing those songs, and, and sometimes I had somebody say to me one time, he said, Pastor, how is, how is Jesus going to take everybody, how is he going to have time, take millions and millions of people by the hand? Why? These songs, and I said, because he's God. I don't know if he's going to take me by the hand and walk me through the pro- I don't know. But I know that I'll just be as important to him as anybody else there. I'll get to be in his presence for all eternity. Here's the thing, friend. You have to be ready for that trumpet sound just like you're ready for death. That's the day the door closes. That's the moment he calls us home. And there's going to be multitudes of people left on this earth looking around wondering where people have gone. The Bible talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I won't turn there for the sake of time, but imagine some of those things. The Bible says this mortal shall pout on immortality. Hey, you feeling old and broken down? Good night. We, we, we had some fun this week. Pastor uh, Strachan, Harry Strachan Jr., is celebrating 25 years at his church in Ohio, and he called me and said, do you have some old video? Some stuff we can put together. And I said, well, I'll look. But when you say video, it'll be video. It'll be VHS. And so I, I found a couple VHS tapes around here. And, and my mom's the only one old enough to have a VCR anymore. So I went over to her house. And, and uh, we wa- so I watched, I watched these tapes. And, and man, it was fun watching some of that stuff. And uh, Rob used to tell me he was in the choir. And I never believed him. Then there he was standing right beside me in the choir. And there he was. And, but I saw some of you folks. I saw Jim Judge, 45 years old. Now, he's younger than I am now. But he was always old. I saw Donna Simmons, 40 years old up there. She'd probably tell you she was in her 20s, but she'd be lying. And I thought, boy, everybody looks so young. I saw Roger Corbett bring an offering plate up to the front. He looked like he was 13. And it just brought back so many memories. And I thought, boy, we're getting old, aren't we? Especially Donna. That's what I thought anyway. (laughs) But I looked at that and I saw myself in the choir. I had hair. Rob looked like he was a teenager. and I guess we were. We were only 19. I thought, man, there'll be no sorrow there. No more burdens to bear, no more sickness, no pain. This corruption shall put on incorruption. This mortality shall put on immortality. Let me ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? We concern ourselves a lot when we talk about the coming of the Lord. We talk about his return to earth. Friends, there's something that happens way before that. It's called the rapture of the church. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Are you ready? He said, well, why, why is it so important? Why wouldn't you want that? Let me, let me just turn the tables on you. Well, I don't know if I'm ready for a relationship with Christ. Why not? 
What is wrong? I don't know if I'm ready for heaven. Are you crazy? Am I allowed to say that? But that's the thoughts that go through my mind. Why won't somebody accept Christ? Why wouldn't you want heaven? Why wouldn't you want Jesus? He is the rose of Sharon. He is the lily of the valley. He is the bright and morning star. Why wouldn't you want him? And all that heaven has to offer. And it's for eternity. So many relationships on earth break down. It's so sad. But God would have to be a liar because he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Forever we can be with the Lord. Are you ready for that moment? If the trumpet were to sound tonight, years ago, uh, some of you might, how many of you remember being at Maple Street? Raise your hand if you were at Maple Street. 154 Maple. Do you, know, do you know what I found out? When we say 154 Maple, people that weren't at 154 Maple think we're crazy because it's supposed to be 154 Maple. We talk funny, apparently. But that's just how we say it, isn't it? 154 Maple Street. How many of you remember when I believe it was Pastor Strachan was preaching on the rapture and somebody got up in that big sound booth, way up, remember way up high? And they blew a trumpet right in the middle of his message. Boy, it scared people. Hey, it ought not scare you if you're ready. Are you ready to meet the Lord? I want to say this. I believe it is so close. I, I'm hoping it's close. Because the upper taker is better than the undertaker. I'm hoping that I'll get to meet him in the air. I'm hoping that I get to, to have that glad reunion, that moment where we step into his presence alive, not having to face the pain of death. Now look at Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. If you're saved tonight, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is for you. If you have a personal, listen, listen to me. I know you're turning pages, listen. Utmost importance. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you have been forgiven of your sins, if you have been washed by his blood, if you are born again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is for you. It's not something you can just hope you're okay with. Well, I, I think I'm ready. It's not good enough to go to church. It's not good enough to be a member of a church. It's not good enough to get baptized. It's not good enough to be a good person. The Bible says there is none that doeth good. There is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's not enough. I don't want anybody here tonight to leave and say, well, I, I think I might be ready or I hope I'm ready. If the trumpet sounds tonight, I'll, I'll get ready real quick. No, you won't. The parable of the ten virgins tells us otherwise. There were some, five of them, that had their wicks all trimmed and burning. They had oil in their lamps and they were ready to go. But there was five that didn't. And when the bridegroom came, they tried to steal oil and borrow oil from others. And they said, no can't do that. 
reminding us that every one of us have to choose for ourselves. Every one of us have to have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Every one of us must come to Jesus Christ on our own accord. Every one of us must receive him. We are personally accountable. And friend, if you don't know Christ tonight, you are not ready for that trumpet sound. You are not ready if Christ comes tonight. But let me share with you what will happen. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 said, Behold, he cometh with clouds. And every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him. That doesn't sound like a saved crowd, does it? And all, listen, all kindreds of the earth shall what? Wail. That doesn't sound like a pleasant thing. When I read 1 Thessalonians and I read 1 Corinthians 15, I, I, I'm only overwhelmed with joy. When I read John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That where I am, there you may be also. That, that's pure joy. That's reunion. But the Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, hey, if you want to hang around until I come again seven years later, the nations of the earth will be wailing. What a horrible time. Because this time he comes in judgment. He comes to judge the nations of the earth. He comes to judge Israel. He comes to judge those who are not saved. Turn, if you will, to Revelation chapter 19. We're going to read about that day quickly, and I'm not going to labor on it too much longer. I know my time is already gone, but look at Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven open to behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness... He doth judge and make war. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 was just a precursor. It was an announcement that Christ is coming. Behold, he comes. And in verse 19, we find the details after the great tribulation. Verse 12 says, His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven... Hey, that's us. Followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he would smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of the heavens, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. Listen to this that ye may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sat. Sit on them in the flesh of all men, both free and bond, 
both small and great. And I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. And them that worshipped his image, these both were cast alive in a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Boy, that sounds a lot different than the rapture, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be on this earth when God returns. I want to be in that army of white, riding on horses. And notice, if you read it, we don't do anything. The Bible says the word of the Lord goes out of his mouth and slays all the nations of the earth. We don't have to do anything but watch. That'd be a horrible thing to watch. But I don't want to be on the other side of it. You have a choice. What part of his coming are you going to be around for? I'm not a prophet. I don't know if Christ will come tonight. I don't know if Christ will come in our lifetime. But if he does, there's two events seven years apart. One is the rapture of the saints. Of the saints of the saved, of the born again, of the blood-bought, of those that have been put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Or you can choose to wait around for seven years if you survive the great tribulation of those days. By the way, you go read read the other 18 chapters I missed there. You say, well, what's this tribulation all about? He said, well, isn't that for Israel? Yeah, it is. The Bible talks about a pestilence that goes out and takes one-third of the earth. I don't think a disease asks if you're Israeli or not. Truth? Doesn't care. Talks about a star that falls from the sky called Wormwood and it poisons the waters of the earth. The water doesn't ask you if you're a Jew or not. It's still going to kill people. It's going to be a time of unprecedented horror. You think the world's bad now. And you're all going to have to bow down to that false prophet, that antichrist, that one from the pits of hell. You, you think our politicians are bad now? Huh. You'll dream of the days when you had a Trudeau leading the country. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. We're talking about the man of sin, the son of perdition, the Antichrist. And if you survive all that to get to when God returns in Revelation 19, that is the end. And whosoever is not found written in the book of life shall be cast into the lake of fire. You say, is is that really what God is like? God doesn't want to cast anybody in the lake of fire. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish. That was a place created for the devil and his demons. But because of our sin, because of our fall, 
That's what we've earned. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you have a choice. What part of his return do you want to be around for? You can go in the rapture, meet him in the air, or you can wait till he comes in judgment. But my friend, all will be lost. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight. Lord, is there one here that doesn't know they're on their way to heaven? I, I, I pray that if one even says, I'm not sure, I'm just not convinced. I, I hope that I, if, there, if there's any doubt whatsoever, Father, I pray that, that they would at least take the time to sit down with somebody tonight and go through the Bible. Salvation is not a feeling. It's obedience to God's word based on God's truth. And Lord, if we can help them to be saved according to the word of God, this incorruptible seed. Lord, I pray that you would allow us to do that tonight. Lord, would you prick some hearts even now? Would you make sure that each one of us in this room, if the, if the trumpet were to sound tonight, we'd all be ready to go? Father, help us, we pray. And Lord, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and... Is there one here tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? I'm going to try to give you as much privacy as I can to let you talk to the Lord and do business with God. But is there one tonight say, I'm not sure I'm saved. If the trumpet were to sound, I'm not sure I'd be caught up into the air to meet the Lord. Is there one? Would you, would you pray for me? Just slip up your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise I won't call you out. See that one. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Is there another? Is there one? Be sure. Are you ready? If the trumpet sounds tonight, are you ready? Boy, when we're singing, aren't those joyful songs? What a day that will be. Jesus is coming again. Until then, my heart will keep on singing. When we get into the Word of God, it can shake us up a little bit. You won't be ready for all those things we sang about tonight if you don't know Christ.